All right, here we are, real and unscripted. So as usual, Kim and I are talking prior to this, going, oh, what do you want to talk about? What inspired you? Yeah. Um, and then I did have some stuff inspire me, and then I talked about it. I vented, basically. And then Kim's like, well, let's just talk about addiction, which happens to be something I might know a thing or two about, seeing how I've got, I don't even know anymore. 34 years of recovery, mm -hmm. 35, 35, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. Um, yeah. Congratulations, by the way. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Well, I thank you for that, but I, that definitely didn't go without help. And obviously, um, digesting a lot of what we talk about <laughs> And, right. and applying a lot of what we talk about is how I got there and how I attained those years. But I also know that if I let go of myself and those things, I could gain it back just as fast. So let me ask you a question then. Yeah. What, what was it? What was that feeling of, I just can't stop? What, can you explain that? So it wasn't that I couldn't stop. That that never really went into my head. I knew I couldn't, but it was like, I don't know. I was I was young and dumb, and that's just one of those things I cheered to and celebrated. I mean, any excuse to drink, right? It's raining. Let's grab a drink. I stubbed my toe. Let's have a drink. You know, so... It was the, the reason I got help was because when it was offered to me, I had a, I had a, and I'd like to think I had a very brilliant therapist at the time. And he put me on the chair at the right time in front of my parents. And he gave me an out and he gave me the ability to take that rope of truth and hold on to it and pull through it. And I did. And I was truthful with my parents and let them know what was going on. And the help was offered to me. And I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired at that point because I was so flipping lost. Right. And I knew I had a problem and I didn't know what direction to go. And I really didn't want to die. Um, and I really didn't like the way I was living and I really felt uncomfortable. Like I said, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I took the help. And then I started my road to recovery. But okay, that's, so then that's awesome that you, you recognize that. But was there ever a time when in that recovery process in the beginning where you were like, you know, it's just easier to do it the wrong way, right? It's just easier to do this the way that I want to do it. Did you ever find that it was easy to go backwards? Oh, um, yeah. So a lot of times, like when I was going through what we call the 12 step program, right? And, you know, that's, that's probably all another podcast about AA and the tables and Bill W and all that. That's, right. but what there's portions like 
you know, I was an angry individual. So I, I couldn't, I was not going to have an easy road of recovery if I remained angry. I was not going to have an easy road of recovery if I didn't learn how to let go and let God, as cliche as that was, but to trust in a higher power greater than myself was scary as shit because I didn't know who I was going to be. If I let go of these things, then who the hell am I? Because right now my identity is in this angry, violent teenager. That's, that was my identity. That's who I knew I was. And then yet I had portions of the soft side, but if I couldn't flip off because somebody cut me off or said the wrong thing or looked at me wrong, or I just, I got frustrated and, you know, and all of those things threatened my recovery. So I had to learn how to let go. I had to learn how to make an amends to people that I had harmed. Well, so many of them were no longer in my life. So I had to go through all of that process. So to answer the question, yes, it was much easier to stay in my shit and in old ways than to try and learn how to do it the way that was going to help me recover faster, which is why I struggled so much young in my recovery as opposed to later on. But then I got to a point where I outgrew it. Like, like I went to AA for a lot of years, but eventually what happened was, is I felt like I outgrew it because it just wasn't giving me, I wanted more. I wanted more personal development. I wanted more how, like, I wanted to challenge the status quo. I didn't want to fit in this box of sitting there. And then when I started learning about language and thoughts and how powerful words are, and then I'm sitting there introducing myself as an alcoholic and drug addict every single time before I spoke. It's like, but I'm not. I'm not. So then I started changing my speech. And then I had a lot of the old guard that was coming up to me after meetings and like, you know, you probably really shouldn't say it like that. And, right. and so there was like, disarray that was happening within it and you know my dad didn't understand and you know he's he still goes to this day but I just I wanted more and I went to church and I started really heavy into bible study and really getting into the bible and really started thirsting for my spirituality and, and it's, I'm not, I, well, I wasn't religious by any means and I wasn't practicing religion by any means. It was a spirituality thing that I was going after. So I learned a lot through all of that. I learned a lot of, about what churches I would like to attend and what churches I was staying away from by all costs. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's a really long answer to your question, but it was always easier to put in old tapes and play those than to record new ones. It was exactly. more comfortable. I knew what to expect. Right. Okay. And, and thank you for 
sharing all of that, I think that um, I think that obviously having an addiction of that magnitude, like people think, wow, I'm really glad that I don't suffer from, you know, alcohol or drug abuse or anything like that. However, what I don't think people understand or relate to, and this is, you know, this is going to segue kind of away from, from that piece, but still talking about addiction is that a lot of our behaviors right now, right? Um, as people are going through, not even, not even this quote unquote pandemic that we've been seeing, but just life in general, right? This is not new material. It's right. a new type of knowledge. It's, it's, it's a whole nother level of um, maybe bringing this out into the light that our brain is this amazing supercomputer that gets highly addicted to certain feelings, to certain um, um, like these happy hormones, you know, yep. even though they're not, it's not good for us. Right. So right. in talking about, and thank you again for, for sharing that addiction piece um, when it comes to, to alcohol and to drugs, because it's no different than somebody right now who is addicted to YouTube, to TikTok, to video, to food, food, sugar, poor nutrition. I mean, you name it. Yeah. And you can almost be have an addictive behavior towards it. And and I think there's a wiring that happens in the brain that creates more. I think some people have a more addictive behavior pattern than others. Right. And I'm sure Dr. Toby would love to talk about this. And we should bring him on when we talk about this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there is a rewire that can happen. Absolutely. And, you know, because what even even let's just take something simple like social media, your phone, for instance. Right. How often when you're bored or you don't know what to do or anxiety or something where you just need a fix, right? And you pick up the phone to scroll through to hopefully get some shot of endorphin from some news story or some video. Well, that's a form of addiction. That's no different than when I was snorting lines or popping pills or taking drinks. I was after something. I was after a feeling. I was after an escape. I was after an alter, an altered ego, right? So how is that any different if we pick up our phone looking for the same thing? How is it any different than picking up a drink? Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. Well, it, it alters the chemicals in your brain. Absolutely. You really do become addicted to these things. And um, yeah, it's, it goes so much deeper than that. I, and I really am now wishing that we had Dr. Toby on with us to give that the true doctor side of, and this is why he is, you know, against actually using prescription medication if, if you can avoid it, you know, to stop using it as this Band-Aid solution that's going right. to help. Right. Because, because of the chemicals and because we're wired so differently, um, 
our chemical makeup and everything else and how our brain perceives, you know, information that when you add these things that our brain gets addicted to, um, and I, and I, I said happy hormone before and it, it, and, but that's the endorphin, right? The endorphin kit yes. that you, that is, it gives you this high <laughs> and, um, video games are, are a great way of explaining it because most people have played a video game of some kind, but you know, you, there's no real death in a video game. And I believe it was Dr. Right. Toby talked about this on our summit last year was that you're not really going to die. So it becomes right. this addiction to like, I could still get to the next level and you right. just bounce stuff and it's not a big deal. And your brain is like, Oh, Oh, I don't have to worry about danger here. Right. And it just becomes this super safe, like environment that we get to be in where we can imagine anything, anything that we want. And unfortunately it becomes, um, a very unhealthy addiction because we start to close ourselves off from actually having conversation with each other. So we're so connected, we're disconnected, right? Right. Don't get that same kick that we would in a make-believe world that we that we would, you know, normally back a hundred years ago, not even a hundred years ago, back in the 50s and 60s, before 70s, even before we had any kind of alter communication other than possibly stopping at a payphone somewhere and, and calling. Do you well, remember the days you would have to wait? Do you remember the days when you'd have to like wait in line for the payphone <laughs> ring? Yes. Hopefully, hopefully you're the one that catches it. Right. You know, because you know it's like your ride or your buddy that you haven't talked yeah. to your grandma's calling. Yeah. People don't understand. Oh my gosh, like that was that was the thing. I can remember being in the military and waiting for that phone to ring. There'd be six of us sitting around a payphone, like who's gonna be the lucky one? <laughs> right. Yeah. But let's okay. stay on the phone thing for a minute. Okay. Because you talked about the video game thing, but then you talked about danger and being dangerous. So let's talk about the phone thing because because this is really what spurred the whole thing, right? Right. So we, we, we have a big problem with drinking and driving and you serve jail time for drinking and driving if you're caught and you lose your license and you pay points and you have higher insurance and there's all kinds of repercussions for drinking and driving. Mm -hmm. And you're putting your life and other people's lives in danger. But yet people think it's absolute, I bet you, I bet you a ton of those people, I don't know what the percentage is, I've never looked it up, but I bet you a strong percentage of those people that use their phone while they're driving are totally against drinking and driving, but yet they're performing an activity that actually kills more people than drinking and driving. Wow. Texting kills more people than drinking or driving but yet and then this is that parallel that drives me freaking bonkers because it's like how how can you be against one thing and partake in another thinking that it's it's harmless and it's innocent oh it's just a quick text oh it's just a quick read oh it's just a quick this because it only takes a second to look down on your phone 
and somebody stops in front of you and you take them out or better yet being a motorcyclist and loving to ride because that's my therapy so i don't hurt people like you that drive and talk on your phone and text but it's amazing to me how many people and how many times i've had to swerve out of the way to not get hit and pushed off the road by somebody who was more intent on looking at their damn phone, right? And then they get mad at me for pointing it out. Like I did something wrong. Like how dare I pass them because they're not going the speed limit or I just want to get away from them because I know what they're doing and I don't want to put my life in danger. Right. It's like, why, how do people, think that that's okay are we just have we become a society that is that is against one thing and then partake in something else that's just as dangerous if not more dangerous but because it's not altering through chemicals like marijuana or drugs or alcohol or something like that that it's okay it's an innocent activity it's only a little it's just going to be, okay, so how is that any different than, well, I just had one beer. I actually drive better. Oh, I love that one. I actually drive better when I have one beer. I actually drive better when I'm high. Really? Yeah. Because there's not a freaking study out there that'll back <laughs> that asinine comment. Right. Yeah. So going back to the addiction piece, right? So it's, it's no different than somebody being an addict of, um, of a substance than, Correct. you know, being addicted to the same kind of endorphin release that you're getting when you're able to answer a text message whenever you want to, or you're yep. able to look at that video that somebody just sent you with the kitty cats playing in the box. Cause that's way more important than spending time with your family, than driving your children safely somewhere, than caring about the people that are outside of your vehicle, like motorcycle riders or people crossing the street, um, or just going the speed limit in an area where you should not be speeding. Um, so, you know, not to lose anybody in this long conversation that we're having about, you know, phones and driving and texting and watching, and it all comes back to addictive behaviors. You, we all must be super conscious about how our brain works and how we need to be in control of that because it's a muscle. Absolutely. And if we don't break away, if we don't set up these barriers for ourselves, if we start to actually change the way we think, we start um, telling these stories, we start believing things that aren't real, we start taking in information, letting our brain run wild with it, and we are interpreting it in whatever kind of mood we happen to be in that day. And that mood could be dictated on how much sleep you had, what you ate today, what you drank today. Like if you sat all day, if somebody upset you in the morning and you're watching a video in the afternoon, like your body will take stress and do some crazy shit to you. Yep. You allow it to. Yep. And this is where we talk about rewiring 
This is where we talk about taking control of your behavior and what you're doing, the choices that you make, and this addictive piece that we've become okay with. Society yep. has become okay with addicted behavior because, well, everybody's doing it, right? Everybody's looking at their phone. I challenge you, Fritz and I challenge you guys the next time, obviously you're listening to us on a device. Awesome. Okay. So whatever. But do it safely. Damn it. (laughs) Interpret that like however you want to, but be conscious the next time you go into an airport, if you are in a restaurant, if you're in line somewhere or in, in a space where you have to actually sit and wait to get to that next space that you're going to, whatever that may be. Look at how many times, and I've purposely done this, probably because I'm so aware of it. I don't bring my phone out because I'm actually hoping to have a conversation with somebody that's in my space so that I can learn where they're from, what they do, because I'm pretty sure that rewired dynamics needs to be in their life, right? Or within somebody else's, or maybe they wanna be a part of our team, I don't know. But I'm not going to waste the precious moment that I have to connect with another human being face to face by looking down at a device that is doing nothing for me, but feeding me shit that I may not need to see or want to see in that moment. Exactly. No, that's a that's a good challenge. And, and to another piece of that challenge, I think should be, um, you know, over over the next couple of days over the weekend really audit those type of activities that you just naturally have become accustomed to doing and really decide if that's something that you really need to do at that point do you really need to pick up the phone and respond to that text right now or can it wait Right. You know, do you really need to respond to that email? Do you, okay, because life before mobile devices, believe it or not, nobody that I'm aware of was killed or suffered any grave illness from not answering their phone Mm -hmm. or being out to dinner with the family, having a conversation and then coming home to some voicemails on the great technology at that point, and they play it and like, oh, I got to call this person back. Okay, so I promise you, you're not going to be harmed in that activity of putting your phone away and not using it. I promise. And here's the other, the flip side of that too, Fritz, is, you know, if you're listening and you're that person that expects an instant response when you send something, you are just as, if not more addicted to the power that you think you wield on your device. Yep. So glad you brought that up. Stop adding stress to people's already stressful lives by demanding that they respond to you and and living by this bullshit thing that people say well i saw that they read it but they didn't respond to me you know what that's because life doesn't revolve around you 
It doesn't revolve around me. It doesn't revolve around Fritz. There are things going on and maybe instead of going to the, well, I wonder why they didn't respond to me, maybe think, gosh, I bet they're really occupied with something else or maybe they're driving and they just happened to see that text come in because they were just hanging up on a phone call, but they know that they can't answer you right now. So be patient and give grace and know that the world doesn't revolve around you. Um, right. That's where the addiction piece comes in. You got to let, you got to let that part go. Let it go. Yep. And, and it's hard. And I, and I'm, saying that from experience so and and don't think that kim and i are perfect and nope. everything we just talked about we never pull our phone out or we never look to see who just texted that's yeah. that's not the case but i can promise you we're both aware of it so when we are in our personal space not in front of each other you know i make a conscious effort of it and i'm and especially when i'm behind the wheel of a car there is nothing that's that important that I need to text people back. I will call you and then you most likely will ignore me because people usually text and then you <laughs> call them right away and then they don't answer the phone. It's like, listen, you bastard. I know you're on the, I know you're right there. You just texted me and not mainly it's my damn kids that do that shit to me. <laughs> I don't get it. I can, you call them and they don't answer. You text them, they answer you right away. It's like, really? Yep. So, but no, just, you know what? I don't give a shit if you're Republican, Libertarian, Democrat. I don't care what you are because what you are first is a human being. That's right. And because we're human beings first, we need to learn how to take better care of each other. That's right. I don't care about ethnicity, I don't, I don't, none of that shit matters, right? Because yeah. if you cut us all open with a razor blade, we're all going to bleed red. Yeah. So we're human first. All that other happy horseshit come afterwards, but we're yeah. human first. So let's learn how to take care of humankind and be kind. And this is one of those steps, okay? that we can take and we can all take and let's make a movement. You know, everybody's posting about how they want to change this and they want to change. Well, here's your fucking challenge right now. Step up and be human. Step up and just be fucking human. That's it. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, Dynamic Tribe, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Real and Unscripted Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rewired Dynamics, a no BS podcast that brings you targeting, results-driven conversations on training leadership and business topics. Dynamic Tribe, thank you for tuning in this week for another episode of Real and Unscripted Podcast brought to you by Rewired Dynamics. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. 
please make sure to visit our website, rewireddynamics.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and never miss an episode.